listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 10th of September. This is Recap brought to you by Sharesies. Sharesies is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create the most financially empowered generation. Yes, and red pill, blue pill, just give me the financial disclaimer already. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. And it is Casual Friday, and on Casual Friday today, we are welcoming back Sam to recap. Hi, Sam. I'm back, baby. You sure are, and thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. And hi, Alice. Hi, Jose. Hi, Sam. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm ready for the weekend. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Anything exciting planned? No, nothing. We're still in lockdown, obviously, up here in, in Auckland. Um, uh, Alice and Sam are uh, in Wellington. I'm in Auckland. Um, no, I just will just be talking to friends on the internet, much like I am with you. I'll just be listening to recap all weekend. There you nice. go. That's the issue. That's the issue. <laughs> uh, let's get cracking. We've got quite a lot to get through. Um, Sam, what is new in your world? What is new? Have either of you two worn any of those smart glasses? Hell no. No, I haven't. They're those things that kind of like um have virtual realities attached to them sometimes. Do they? Yeah. Or is that different? Yeah, kind of. I haven't worn any either, but I've sort of watched from afar. And of course, we know that, you know, major tech firms like Amazon.com, Google, Microsoft, Apple, and, and particularly Snapchat have raced to develop various smart glass products. But hot off the press... Facebook have entered the ring. So oh, Facebook has teamed up with Ray-Ban, the sunglass company, to create glasses that can take photos, record video, answer phone calls, and play podcasts. It's called Stories. Um, and Andrew Bosworth, who's the Facebook executive heading up Reality Labs, which is sort of their augmented reality innovation lab, said, we're introducing an entirely new way for people to stay connected to the world around them and truly be present in life's most important moments and to look good while doing it. So what caught my eye just then was that you can listen to recap through smart glasses. That's pretty exciting. What um, but what I want to know... Is, is this going to be like a Ray-Ban product or a Facebook product? Apparently the device will be branded as a Ray-Ban product first and foremost. And they've said, our mission is to help build tools that will help people feel connected anytime, anywhere. We want to create a sense of social presence, the feeling that you're right there with another person sharing the same space, regardless of physical distance. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to think about that. So what do <laughs> what do the glasses look like? That's the big question, I think. Well, they've done something different than other glasses in that they're going. They're supposed to look quite cool. So, so, so you won't look like a dick wearing Ray- them, basically. <laughs> they've got the classic Ray-Ban Wayfar- Wayfarer style. That that style that's very popular. They they are a few millimeters thicker and they're five grams heavier than the standard pair of Wayfarers. And each wing of the glasses hides a camera. Okay, so what can we actually do with these glasses? We can take photos of what you're seeing. Uh, you can take videos of, of what you're doing out and about, and you can listen to podcasts. There's also a virtual assistant, so um, it, it's all hands-free through voice commands. Okay, and so how much are they going to go for in the end? 
So they start from about $299 USD, which is way cheaper than a lot of the smart glasses mm. on the market at the moment. That's about $465 New Zealand dollars, but there's no release date um, about when they'll be in Aotearoa. Okay, so when we're talking about like um, Facebook and data and then also capturing photos and videos, there's sort of a big privacy-sized elephant in the room, right? Have they talked about how they're going to tackle this? Yeah, absolutely. And look, they know that people are going to be asking these questions. They're front-footed that and, you know, said outright, here's what we're going to do about privacy concerns, which is good to see. There's two sort of major areas that people have written about um, with this. So the first is around, you know, how Facebook will be using user data. And they have said that they would not access the media used by its smart glasses Um, without customer consent so let's say you take a photo of you're out on a picnic and you take a photo you would then share it to Facebook the glasses would be able to do that but they would ask you for your consent for example Um, the company also said it would not use the content of the photos or videos captured using the glasses um, to personalize ads and they said the glasses would be an ads free experience which is a good thing I think The other major area of concern is that there's very little way of controlling what people do with them. So you think about people wearing them to film or take photos in private spaces like public bathrooms or using them for illegal actions like harassment or capturing sensitive information such as PIN codes. Um, That is a worry. So Facebook did say that an LED light on the glasses would show when the camera is on to make other people aware when aware is taking a photo or video. One um, one blog that I read from a, a journalist was um, she put tape over the LED lights on the glasses and um, to, just to show that you could still take photos and videos w- with that LED light um, being um, hidden and you can still do that so you know a few different things to think about there I'm surprised that um, considering there's that famous photo of Mark Zuckerberg you know and his laptops in the background with like a piece of tape over the camera they haven't just gone I'll oh, just stick some tape over it we'll, we'll, it'll come with tape it'll come with some duct tape but uh, <laughs> but uh, what I'm interested in is knowing like what's different about these from other smart glasses yeah so the hardest sell with these might not be privacy. That's what people are saying, but mm. the actual glasses themselves. So when we look at Snapchat Spectacles, which is their smart glasses, they're now in their third generation and they, they've made improvements every time. But the company took a $40 million hit on the value of unsold inventory in 2017. They just haven't been that popular. But Facebook is saying, this is different. You haven't seen glasses like this before. They look like fashion objects, like something that you actually want to wear on your face. Okay, so does this mean that Facebook's now moving more into like fashion and wearables? Like I'm picturing, what's next? Like a smart hoodie or like smart t-shirts? <laughs> I wouldn't describe <laughs> it as wearables, more like augmented reality technology. So Facebook reported revenue of about $86 billion US in 2020, and most of that is made up from advertising. But they've been investing their money heavily in virtual and augmented reality, developing hardware such as the Oculus VR headsets and working on wristband technologies to support the augmented reality glasses. The company's chief scientist said last year the company was five to ten years away from being able to bring to market 
true augmented reality glasses, which would superimpose virtual objects onto the wearer's view of the real world. And Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg recently announced the company was setting up a team to work on building the Metaverse, which is a shared virtual environment, which it's betting will be the successor to the mobile internet. Zuckerberg also posted a video to his Facebook page saying, we've believed for a long time that glasses are going to be an important part of building the next computing platform. So yeah, it seems like they're exploring AR pretty heavily and pretty set on glasses. Right, yeah. I just uh, before we move on, I just want to note how shocked I am to hear that uh, uh, Snapchat spectacles are still a thing. Absolutely shocking. I was stunned. <laughs> uh, so, Alice, what's been flying across your radar today? Well, I've been seeing a bit of activity in the buy now, pay later sector this week. Uh, So as a reminder, the buy now, pay later sector, as the name suggests, uh, these services allow customers to buy a good, walk away with it at the time, uh, and then pay it off over, um, pay it off in installments over time. Mm. Uh, So this sector includes the companies um, like Afterpay, Layby or Klarna over in Europe. So who's been in the news this week? Well, first off the ranks is a company called Affirm. Now they are an American company based in San Francisco and they're listed on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. They went public in January this year. Uh, now Affirm has been in the news today because they have just released their quarterly earnings. Oh, you love an earnings report, don't you, Alice? How sure did they do. go? Let, let us know. Tell us. Yeah, Tell so- us. <laughs> I'll get into the numbers. So a firm reported revenues of 262 million US dollars uh, for the quarter that is. Now this was 71% growth from this time last year. Uh, and this number flew past expectations as well. It's about $40 million higher than what analysts were expecting, which was about $225 million. Ooh, that's big. What um what actually helped drive that revenue growth? So a firm said that it reflects the progress that the company's been making in rapidly expanding their network. So they said that they've nearly doubled their number of active customers um, using their service since this time last year. And they also have five times as many merchants using a firm compared to a year ago. So that's like the businesses that will offer a firm as a method of payment um, for their products. So all up, they now have over 29,000 merchants using a firm. Yeah, uh, apologies. You just heard one of my notifications go off. I keep on forgetting to turn off my Slack and my notifications. I apologize profusely. But to continue, how did the earnings go? So a firm made a net loss of 128 million US dollars. This is compared to a 35 million dollar loss um, at this time a year ago. Now a firm did note that the loss this year includes about 105 million dollars of costs related to stock-based compensation related to the company going public. So what that means is uh, it's paid out shares in the company to employees um, at the time when the company listed on the exchange. Alice, I thought I saw something recently in the news about a firm in Amazon. What was that about? Yeah, you're right. So just a couple of weeks ago, a firm announced that it's teaming up with the one and only Amazon to offer a firm's buy now, pay later service um, as a payment option on Amazon.com in the US. Wow. Now, to give you an idea of Amazon's scale, um, millions of people in the US buy goods um, from Amazon. 
so Affirm is testing the service with select Amazon customers at the moment. And then in the coming months, they said they plan to make the service more broadly available on Amazon.com. And Alice, you said that there's been a bit of activity in the buy now, pay later sector lately. What else has been happening? Yeah, so there was something else in the news this week. PayPal, who you might know as being the electronic payments uh, provider, they're the next company that wants to join the Buy Now, Pay Later party. Uh, so earlier this week, PayPal announced that it's buying a Japanese Buy Now, Pay Later firm called Payd for around $2.7 billion US dollars. Interesting. Thank you very much, Alice. Okay, so Sam, you might have missed this, but earlier in the week, um, Jose and I asked our listeners to send through any stories that they thought would be good to cover on Casual Friday. Cool. Did you get any good suggestions? We did. Eh? I'm glad to hear that you're so enthusiastic. Um, uh, and thanks to everyone who sent in ideas. One person suggested we might like to look at what's happening over in the States between Coinbase and the Securities and Exchange Commission, otherwise known as the SEC. Great. So let's get into that. Um, but maybe before we get into the details, yeah. if you're able to give us the top line basics of the story. Uh, my pleasure. So what's happened is that Coinbase, which is a huge cryptocurrency exchange, they say that the SEC told them that it was planning to sue the company if it went ahead with plans to launch a new lending product. Coinbase is publicly listed, right? Yes, it is. It first listed back in April this year on the NASDAQ. Uh, as a company, it was founded in, in 2012. It's the biggest crypto exchange in the US. It's it's kind of considered as kind of the, the gateway exchange for people, only just sort of getting into, sort of dipping their toe into cryptocurrencies. Uh, it was in the news just recently, actually, because of reports of a bit of a wave of uh, hacker activity. Users would see all their money disappear from their account and then uh, were reportedly receiving un- not great customer service in response. Eek. Okay, and what about the SEC? What does that do? Yeah, so the SEC is a government agency and its job is to regulate the securities markets and protect investors. It's just so we're clear, a security in this sense basically means a financial asset that has a value and can be traded. So that covers stocks, bonds, among a range of other financial products. Now this is important because what constitutes a security and therefore sets the boundaries of the SEC's jurisdiction is a key to the story here. Okay, so what was Coinbase doing to draw them to the attention of the SEC? Right, so Coinbase had been planning to roll out a product called Lend. Now Lend is a program which would allow investors let other investors borrow their crypto. So in return they receive uh, 4% on the loan. That's, uh, that's Lend in a nutshell. Um, earlier this week, Coinbase said it had got a warning from the SEC, as I said, that it would seek to sue the company if they went ahead with Lend. It also subpoenaed Coinbase for more information. Ooh, subpoenaed. Subpoenaed. Great pronunciation. Thank you. It only took me five goes. <laughs> so did the SEC say why they were issuing this warning? Well, not really. The SEC said it considers the Lend product a security and therefore it's their job to make sure you know that investors are protected. It's part of their jurisdiction. But Coinbase uh, says that the SEC wouldn't tell them what it is about Lend that makes it a security. They did apparently point to some old Supreme Court cases, but uh, Coinbase says it asked for clarification on exactly how the SEC is using those cases, um, but the SEC declined to offer that apparently. Okay, so has the SEC actually said anything about this? Uh, no, they haven't said there's been no official comment as of yet, but they have uh, kind of telegraphed this move uh, last week. 
Commission Chair Gary Gensler made a fairly strong statement saying crypto trading platforms couldn't last for much longer outside US regulations. And that kind of highlights the state of play, at least in the States, with cryptocurrency. There's this increasing uneasiness with crypto from regulators. Uh, it hasn't helped that it doesn't seem to be an agreed-on approach from government agencies on who was supposed to be looking after this stuff in the US. So, for example, I was reading that the IRS classifies crypto as a property, but the, com- the, com- the Commodity Futures Trading Commission reckons it's a commodity, and now the SEC also thinks it's a security. Um, so oh yeah, gosh. it's a little bit, a little bit like I mean, it's that sort of classic like decentralized American thing happening, eh? Like everyone's just piling in. Oh golly, okay. What happens now? Well, Coinbase uh, has put off its launch of Lend until October. Uh, right now, it's unclear whether it will have to face off with the SEC in court. In the meantime, shares of Coinbase were down by around seven percent from their peak during the week, uh, just before we went to, uh, to record this this very podcast you were listening to. And that was recap for the 10th of September. Thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying what you hear, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, thank you, Sam, so much for coming on the show. Yeah, Appreciate thanks, it. Sam. Love it. Um, Love some recap. <laughs> we all do. Hey, guys, we'll see you next week. Until then, have a great weekend. Bye. 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 Bye.